1: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, June 10th, 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and I am joined today on a lovely Friday by my guy, the Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. Andy, what's good, homie?
2: Come on, Mikey. What's going on, y'all? What's going on?
1: I mean, bro, bro, we're taking over Kind of Funny Games Daily for this lovely afternoon. And I'm pretty hyped up because you and I are going to talk all things games. We're going to talk presentations and showcases. We're just going to have fun kicking it together. But, you know, what games have you been up to, Andy? I didn't get to play games with you last night. And you and I usually play games every night together.
2: Yeah, last night was a, um, it, I knew that I wanted to watch some of the Day of the Dev stuff. I knew I wanted to watch Devolver Digital's presentation. And so I figured I'd go live and watch some of the games there. Because I saw a lot of scuttlebutt. A lot of mm-hmm. scuttlebutt mm-hmm. over on mm-hmm. Twitter about some of the games being shown off. So I decided to watch those presentations, and then I decided to play the demo for Angerfoot, which was on yes. Devolver's mm-hmm. Showcase. And I was like, oh, that demo's available now. I had no idea. I was going to do the Saints Row character creation thing. Ooh. I guess I'm switching over. I'm playing Angerfoot now, in addition to Metal Hellsinger. Angerfoot, going to be an absolute must play. Had so much fun with it. Yep. It is hilarious. it is bizarre as all hell uh, Kevin, you're you're a person with an angry foot and you're kicking doors down. that's all you're kicking doors and the doors are hidden people. It's very it's basically hotline Miami in 3D, mm-hmm. but you're kicking doors down. Um, oh, at 3D. one point, there's a cutscene Kevin where uh-huh. you you're feeding your your girlfriend um, popcorn with your foot um and you're like and then you get a cell phone call and you pick up the phone with your foot and you Uh hold it up to you and then they're like hey you fucked up check your fax machine and you get a fax machine and what happens they sent you a photo because the bad guys have kidnapped your shoe Uh (laughs) and your shoe is like held at gunpoint it is so freaking hilarious it is bizarre as all hell and it's a lot of fun So Angerfoot, absolute must play. Check out that demo. It's on Steam right now if you want to check that out. But the absolute banger of all bangers, Metal Hellsinger, dude. Oh, my God. Metal Hellsinger. Banger alert. Okay. (laughs) Alert the presses. Metal Hellsinger is something that, well, first off, I want to say Angerfoot is something Nick Scarpino should play. Metal Hellsinger is something everybody should play. Um, (laughs) Even if you're not even necessarily into metal music, which I am, luckily for me god damn i was i was ch- enthralled with this game like i was just i caught myself in several moments being like i haven't spoken a word on the stream in the last i don't know how many minutes because i'm just shotgun demons it's basically doom if it was a rhythm game um it's a freaking blast and uh yeah i cannot recommend that game anymore i'm uh i'm sending a clip to assets kevin for okay, you to bring okay, up because okay. we saw a couple of clips of this and we know that um our friend SkillUp posted a video about it and he was like, mm-hmm. everybody check out Metal Hell Singer." And it's kind of, it feels different when you just watch a video of it. Seems okay, like a okay. cool concept, but right. not necessarily something that would be a, a guaranteed must play. But this is so sick, dude.
1: Danny Cortez, of course, for you audio listeners out there, you can feel the metal and you can just feel the heads being clicked. You can probably hear it. Yeah, we need the music, Kevin.
2: Yeah, 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 I realized I that almost immediately like no after setting the off. I yeah. can't stop. even really form yeah, sentences yeah. right now. And again, it's a rhythm game. You're clicking on the beat. Oh,
1: clicking on the beat. Check it out. Okay, okay. Yeah,
2: you get those sort of guitar oh, hero waves shit. coming in to let you know the metronome and the beat. The boss fight is an absolute blast. Very Returnal-like, like with the, all the projectiles coming towards you. You got to dodge them. You have a oh, double yeah. jump. You have you can dash on the beat. One thing I missed in this whole playthrough that I did last night was there's an active reload. And I'm I didn't even know it was there, so I screwed up. There was a lot of moments that I could have active reloaded on the beat. God damn, it's a it's Oof. these two games immediately are like really exciting to kind of have near the end of the year. I think Metal Hill Singer's in uh September. And okay. God, it was so much fun, Mike. So much fun. Okay.
1: Well, Andy, keep those banger alerts in your pocket because today <laughs> Our stories include the 2022 Summer Game Fest Showcase roundups, the games you need to know about, and of course, the big question, did they live up to the hype? Because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast Time, live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us, and if we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live that's totally okay you can catch it later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com or listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember we are now epic games partners so if you would like to support the team in a brand new way if you're buying v bucks to upgrade your look in fortnite if you're buying the season battle pass or if you're buying games off the epic game store please use our epic creator code at checkout it's kind of funny anytime you're buying games. And, of course, if you would like to be part of the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad-free along with the exclusive daily post show. Some housekeeping for you, everybody. Kind of Funny in review for Jurassic World. Dom Dominion is now available over on Kind of Funny Prime. You can go check that out along with our top gun in review series, I've got a sweet mustache for the summer. Cause I'm still riding the high of top gun Maverick. So you can go check out those shows. And of course, over on kind of funny games, YouTube channel, we now have the quarry review and an exclusive spoiler cast for all of you out there. That's evergreen content. So you can come back to it whenever you finish the quarry, whenever you want to get out your thoughts and feelings with myself, Joey blessing and Greg, and talk about who died, who lived, who had fun, during the quarry playthrough so make sure to go check that out of course we'd like to thank our patreon for producers for the month of june shout out to gordon mcguire fargo brady and Pranksky. today we are brought to you by me undies but we'll talk all about that in just a little bit for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the roper report it's time for some news. We have one massive rundown today. So let's get into it. Uh baker's Andy, Ortez. Summer Game Fest rundown and thoughts from four showcases that took place this week. Who brought the heat and who missed the mark, Andy? We're going to talk all about it because, as you said at the top of the show, people were chirping at us. Okay? We live reacted. Last a button, some Summer Game Fest Showcase, but there was a lot of scuttle scuttlebutt, a lot of chirp saying, yo, you got to check out Devolver Digital Showcase. You got to go over and check out Day of the Devs. Maybe check out OTK and their game expo. And we said, hold up, wait a minute. Snowbike Mike and Andy Cortez are on the case. We're going to break down all of the showcases. We're going to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and of course, the bangers that you need to know about. So Andy, let's jump right into it with part number one. Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest Showcase took place yesterday. 32 titles at a two-hour watch time. Of course, we got to see things like Guile with his reveal at Street Fighter 6. We saw Aliens Dark Descent. We saw gameplay for the Callista Protocol. We saw Call of Duty Modern Warfare. We saw a whole lot of other games. Let's kick it off with the easy. 24 hours later, Andy, how are you feeling about Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest Showcase?
2: I think we're all kind of on the same page. I feel like we still think it was somewhat of a disappointment. Of course, and Keeley put out that very cryptic tweet where he was like, mm. the, the story isn't over yet. Oh, uh, oh which, we're going to talk about that. Yep. yep to yep. which I wanted to reply like, where's my wife? What have we done to my wife? You know, it felt very like threatening in a way. Uh, like he was kind of threatening all of the Internet. Um, I feel like we're all kind of, you know, it was, it was uh, underwhelming, disappointing. I think I was a little bit more positive positive on it than most. But when you think of a Keeley press conference, especially in the most recent years, you're expecting a one big thing to kind of really wow you. And we didn't really have anything like that. Um, I, I think you all made great points yesterday that even though Last of Us Part One Remake had already leaked, that still Had it not leaked, that still really necessarily wouldn't have been the big one big thing that you go, holy shit, I can't believe he got this. Um, I I think in most recent years, when we think about the Elden Ring uh, reveal and everything like that, that's like that's kind of what we come to expect, especially on the year that E3 is gone. And I'll say it again, like the perfect this is the perfect year for E3 to take off. They they won by sitting on the bench, you know, um, because I think if they try to do something similar or if they were on this year we would have been equally as disappointed with them as we were with any of the other press conferences. And I think a lot of the other press conferences come down to expectations. I'm not expecting the Megaton reveals there. And I get a bunch of smaller indie titles, and I love it, and it's fun as hell. But yeah, I think we're still kind of down on it, right? Like, How are you feeling about Keeley's uh, Summer Game Fest?
1: Yeah, great, Andy. Coming 24 hours out of it right now, I am still down on it. I think it was missing that wow factor, that one big thing as you brought up, Last of Us Part 1 the remake the revamp whatever you want to call it was not that right there right it was a cool little pop it was fun to see Neil Druckmann talk about some other things but at the same time it wasn't enough to carry this 2 hour showcase and I think when we look at it as a whole we clearly see this is what is happening as we start to near you know come out of the covid era right this is 2 years of working from home people readjusting, games being put on delay. And we saw that, right? The big AAA publishers and developers weren't really there to support Jeff Keighley in a way that we thought they would be, right? In years past, during E3, we all come together for this one massive week where everybody and their mamas there, right? You have Ubisoft, you have EA, you have Nintendo, Xbox, right? PlayStation's gonna bring a couple of games. And this year just didn't feel like that, right? And it felt like Jeff Keighley was out there doing the best he could But the pacing of the show also played a big factor. I think he improved upon what he did last year where we said, yo, you got the content, but the ads are killing us. They're just not right. And then he said, hey, I'll figure out the ads. I'll make them better where it doesn't feel awful the whole time to watch it, but I just don't have the content this year. And it clearly showed as we kind of just started off with Street Fighter 6 and a reveal of a character that, of course, everybody already knows, right? I know fighting game fans will come after me, but... Guile, in my mind, is always associated with Street Fighter. So it wasn't a big pop of like, oh, my God, this is crazy. I've always seen that guy in Street Fighter. That's who I associate with it, right? If then we're he going, came
2: out and was like, Guile's not going to be in Street Fighter. Whoa. <laughs> then I'd be like, whoa.
1: whoa. Like, that's a moment where it says, hey, we're going to reveal a cool character. You think to yourself, okay, well, like, is Scooby-Doo showing up with Shaggy? Is it going to be Scorpion and, you know, Sub-Zero? What kind of wow factor is that? And that one didn't hit the mark to kick off the show. And I think that sets... A quick bad tone in your mind of like, ooh, if this is the opening, where are we going from here? And quickly, we saw it just start to slowly descend. I think Calista Protocol, right? We did get the extra gory trailer, which we already saw previously in the week at the PlayStation Showcase. So you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, I've already seen this, but they did hit us with gameplay. So that's a big positive there, right? It looked like Dead Space, Andy. And I got to give, let's talk about the Calista Protocol for a second. Come on, dead space. You got the health bar on the spine. Now we're just putting the health bar on the back of the neck. I mean, it's too funny. It's too good right there. What did you think of the gameplay
2: though? D- Dude, I think the gameplay of Callisto Protocol may have been the highlight of the show for me. And as somebody who genu- generally doesn't gravitate towards scary, terrifying games, I think there's enough action in there uh, in certain moments to kind of justify me playing it. Also, the fact that it's in third person, I think makes it easier for me. But yeah, I think the gameplay was stunning Uh, when we look at that kill cam and it's obvious that they're kind of wanting to go the the old school Tomb Raider route when Tomb Raider got uh, remade and they went all out with all the different ways that Lara can get killed or whatever. And I feel like they're going for that here as well, based on the prior trailer that we saw. In addition to this one where, you know, Josh Duhamel is getting sucked into this thing with all these razor blades and there's a really awesome shot that it's like really kind of easy to miss when he is getting sucked into these blades and he kind of like there's this look on his face of absolute fear and terror and just desperation. And uh, yeah, I think that game looks insanely impressive.
1: Yeah, it looked very good. So, you know, it was very nice to get some gameplay. Then we kept gameplay going with Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, which I said yesterday, I didn't think that was the wowing bombastic blockbuster trailer slash gameplay reveal that I wanted to see from Call of Duty, right? They chose more of a kind of like gloomy, wet kind of seascape uh, mission there as opposed to, hey, we're out there with a lot of bright colors, a lot of big explosions. I was looking for that from it, but I mean, still nice to see Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. This is going to be a killer game, a really exciting one for the fall.
2: I want to say that I think, uh, I thought the gameplay was really immersive and great looking. It looks fucking fantastic. But when I think of recent Call of Duty showcases that really wowed me, Black, uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, when we mm. get... That sequence on the runway, we were making all the uh, parallels and jokes about Fast and Furious and how long the runway was. But that was sort of the big, bombastic action summer blockbuster that I kind of come to expect. And this one was a little bit more low key in terms of, you know, you're sneaking around a a freighter. And obviously, that's not going to be the whole game. They are going to have those big set pieces. But in addition to uh, when I think of the Black Ops Cold War trailer and that gameplay reveal, when we get the how does it feel the eighties music rocking and it's set to cool music and it's cars exploding over people. Like that's kind of the thing that I had come to expect with some of these trailers. And this one was definitely a, a little bit more uh toned down because they want to see all of the gameplay improvements with again being on this rocking freighter and the big um you know uh so what I'm looking for, the big metal boxes crate oil
1: rig oh the containers yeah the containers being shifted
2: around with the the rain and the water flowing everywhere it's clear they wanted to show off more of the technical aspects of this Mm -hmm. um but yeah i did think it lasted a little too long i think it looked insanely oppressive. just cut it down by maybe 15 to 20 percent i would have been a lot more happy with it
1: and then we kind of got into the middle of this right where there was some Small pops, I'm not going to call them big, wild moments, but we had some nice small pops, right? American Arcadia, which looked very cool. That was the limbo slash inside, um, kind of Mm. uh, futuristic retro look uh, where the citizens are contestants in the most-watched reality show, but one guy is trying to get out of it. That looked kind of cool right there. You had Goat Simulator 3, skipping number two, the sequel, and then, of course, giving a little play on Dead Island 2. But after that, we kind of started really kicking it down into first gear and not really hitting the mark, right? Marvel Midnight Suns, no gameplay, right? Just a CG trailer showing off the villains, showing off the heroes. And it just kind of was like, hey, we've seen this. We know what this is. Why don't we get to see some more gameplay, especially at such a big showcase like this? And then after that, you had games like Layers of Fear and Gotham Knights, where as cool as those are, they just did not have the big pomp and circumstance that we needed, and then we led into the finale, which was Neil Druckmann, with three pieces of news that we'll talk about. Of course, the concept art for The Last of Us multiplayer project, a set photo from The Last of Us HBO show, and then the reveal that was already spoiled for us, The Last of Us Part 1, release date of September second, two 2022. Andy, when we focus on that finale, we talk about the big moment, the one more thing,
2: did this do it for you? Um, no, I, I think one of the main complaints that we've, or, you know, points of criticism we've had for Keely in a lot of these presentations is getting the puzzle correct, right? Putting the mm-hmm. right pieces in the right place to make the pacing feel better. So where in the beginning, you have something that you remember, and in the middle, you have something big, you remember and at the end, you have something big that you remember. And I feel like he's kind of brought these big reveals over the past couple of shows. But you the one thing you remember is like man we hit a lull in the middle or it started off really strong and then it got a lot weaker as it went on um i think that this show started to get really it started to drag on pretty drastically near the middle of it and we started to feel it really badly like we all got kind of restless <laughs> in the uh, in the twitch stream and it's not only because of the games that were being shown off but it's the talking to the developers and I love showing off the developers and hearing what they got to say but that needs to be a post show type thing we need to have those interview those developers sit down on a couch with the interviewer and that needs to be a separate thing cuz I think talking to them in these showcases really slows down the pace especially for games that aren't even massive right like if I think even if you were to tr- treat um I don't know, let's just think of some, let's think of The Last of Us Part 3 gets revealed, right? And it's like, wow, I can't believe you got Last of Us Part 3. Let's talk with Druckmann and the team about it for the next 12 minutes. And that shit really starts to drag on and kind of make the show feel slower. Um, Again, we talked about it yesterday. I think that even acknowledging and talking about the multiplayer and... It's not really what we assumed it was going to be. It's going to be a little bit bigger in terms of scope and scale. Awesome news. Like, sure, you just showed off a photo, but I wasn't expecting to hear anything about this for a while. So the fact that they are talking like, hey, this, in the middle of making this project, it really started to ramp up in production. We started kind of seeing that it could be a bigger thing than what we really were led on to believe. This isn't just going to be a 4v4 arena type shooter. Um I think it will have s- similar aspects uh, of those game mechanics but it seems like it's going to be more like a escape from Tarkov or a- in uh the division when you extract the the loot dark or Sound. whatever. Yeah it seems dark like zone. it's going to be sort of a dark zone type uh version of that. So very exciting news. I'm super stoked for that. Um uh, but yeah, you know, I-, I love Troy Baker, I love Ashley Johnson, it- that those sections just definitely went on a little too long. Awesome reveal that they're going to be in the show though. Yeah.
1: Very interesting to see that they're going to be their own characters as well, right? They are Mm -hmm. not playing of course, Joel and Ellie, but they're also not just a wink and a nod. They said that they have their own characters that they will play that will have lines as well. So that'll be fun to see them. But yeah, that last of us multiplayer project was the big wow factor for me. I mean, last of us part one is great and all, but we've already had that re-released. We've played it on multiple different generations of consoles It is available anytime, right? So I didn't really need that in my library. I'll take the nice upgrade. I'll pay the $70 for it. But I think the Last of Us multiplayer project is where I kind of tuned in the most and was interested, right? Because it was just the one photo of concept art. And it says a thousand words, right? Andy, the photo says a thousand words of what is this? Could it be a battle royale? Will it be one of those Sony's games as services as we've talked about before? Like you said, with Destiny and the Division, I could definitely see escape from Tarkov. I think I would love to be a fly on the wall and witness everybody see if last of us became a battle royale. People would lose their minds for sure. They would get real uptight if they actually do that. So that would make me smile and laugh and chuckle a little bit, but the last of us part dragged on a little too long, too much talking there. We already were spoiled with the wow factor moment of last of us part one. So a little sad to end the show, but of course, Andy, were you surprised with the lack of larger AAA developers and publishers being absent from the show, right? We talk about EA not doing something this summer. We talk about Ubisoft not doing something this summer during Summer Games Fest week, we'll call it. But, like, were you wowed that they're not there? Because we have Skull and Bones. You have Avatar. You have Harry Potter out there. You have, of course, Madden, FIFA, so many other EA titles. Were you surprised that they're not there to support Jeff Keighley on this?
2: Yeah, I think, and I want to point out that we're having some internet issues, so just to kind of let Chad know, I think Kevin's having some OBS problems. But um, yeah, I think it's, when we hear the news that there will be no EA Play, and that Ubisoft will not be having their presentation, that leads us to believe that maybe they don't have enough to fill out a whole show for themselves, Mm -hmm. but they can disperse their you know, the, some of their marquee titles into other projects. And I was pretty surprised that we got nothing from EA. I was pretty surprised we got nothing from Ubisoft, even if it wasn't the, the Star Wars game they're working on or the Avatar game. The fact that we got just nothing at all, pretty surprising. And maybe we're getting a, a Ubisoft Direct later on in the year. Uh, maybe they want to save some of that for later on so they don't have to feel like they need to rush out a trailer or something like that. So I was pretty I was pretty surprised by that, Mike. Um, how about yourself? Yeah, I was really surprised, Andy. I, I, like you said, right,
1: if they were to take off the summer or go for a later date, like you said, it probably shows that, hey, we don't have the content ready to put on one of these bigger showcases. But I thought for sure, if the goal was to come together and move away from E3 and support Jeff Keighley on this new vision of what the summer showcases will be, I thought everybody would be there at least with one or two games right and when i look at those two big developers i'll focus on ubisoft and ea since they were absent i mean come on how could you not bring one or two games to this you have so many games right now in the pipeline and sure of course we don't see behind the scenes we don't know where they're at we don't know what it's going to take to create this stuff but i mean man oh man there are so many games that we have talked about from both of those publishers and not to bring one to this was pretty wowing i mean pretty defining right there to say hey that's kind of weird because Jeff Keely was just left out there with not much to show, especially at a year where I talked about it last year of or last uh, yesterday on the podcast. This is the year where Jeff Keely wanted to make his presence known. He wanted to kind of rise above the E three mantra that we always say for the summer and become the number one spot. And this year didn't feel like that, right? It did not have the pomp and circumstance. It didn't sell me on the idea of oh, Jeff Keely's taking over the summer games. Mm-hmm showcases and fast. It just didn't feel quite right. So I, I was a little let down that others didn't come and support even Xbox. Right. I think the big one we'll talk about in just a moment is Xbox, right? They're going to show up on Sunday, but Xbox has been tight with Jeff Keeley before. Hello. Welcome back, everybody. Quick technical difficulty, but don't worry. We're stitching it all together. Andy, as we start to round out our first point of our show today, the Jeff Keighley summer game fest, I want to take a moment to talk about the rock. And his ad slash just disrespect is what I'm going to call it. I was not pleased with the rock in this show. Andy, tell me,
2: um, I loved that you called out the, Oh God, what did he call it? The iron, what? Iron paradise. Iron paradise. Um, yes, I missed that part of him mentioning it that. So I thought you were just (laughs) calling it the iron paradise, but yeah, that was pretty disappointing. Um, I think that's, just a way to say that you have a celebrity and uh i thought that was it's got to be hidden a bit more than that i think we maybe need to have them on stage if we want to throw to you know like here's the thing if we're doing the kind of funny game showcase and we get the rock it's acceptable for him to be in a gym doing a message (laughs) if we're uh if you're jeff Keeley and you're known for having big celebrities on stage talking about things I think it needs to be a bit uh, tighter of a, you know, of a clip. Let's maybe edit it down. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I just, it felt very forced. It felt very unnecessary, Mike.
1: Yeah, my issue with this, Andy, is you have this big moment here where Jeff Keeley's bringing in this big celebrity to kind of elevate the show, right? And he calls upon probably his friend The Rock, right? And it felt more like a cameo than a, hey, The Rock is coming, and he's going to bring the energy. And my biggest disappointment was The Rock is shirtless in the Iron Paradise. He's looking off away from the camera, and he's kind of just putting words together of drink so energy, check out Black Adam, oh, yeah, play some video games or something like that. And it just felt kind of disrespectful, right? It felt as if The Rock's intern, Brad, showed up and was like, hey, Dwayne, like, don't forget, we got to shoot this thing for the video game thing. And he's like, oh, yeah, let's do it right now. Like, he couldn't have taken the three minutes to put a T-shirt on, walk out to the backyard on his million-dollar estate and find a bush to stand in front of to make it look a little bit better. It just felt like, hey, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, you see this guy's working hard. He's grinding just like you have to become something, right? And you know how important it is to have impressions in other people around look their best and Dwayne the rock Johnson's just like, yeah, here's a t-shirt list video of me just rambling on when he should have been in a t-shirt. He should have been outside in the nice lawn or he should have been inside with the suit coat on talking and really making it presentable. I think it was wowing to me to be like, man, we're going to cut to Dwayne the rock Johnson, this mega star. That's Jeff Keeley's going to prop up part of this announcement with, and kind of excite people to watch. And he's going to phone it in. It felt really fake and weird to me, and I, I was really disappointed out of that, coming out and seeing The Rock do that. And uh, yeah, it's just in, something we got to mention. Gaming.
2: Yeah, enjoy, enjoy your, your gaming. gaming. Um, I think if if he's going to do it in this form and, and fashion, he needs to go all in with the joke and have it actually filmed by, you know, maybe Keely sends out a, a, ca- a small camera crew, but actually have him shirtless doing the whole spiel while he's lifting weights. Because then we know, okay, this is a bit but this just felt like, yeah, this is something I've got to, oh, I have 15 minutes to do this? Cool. Let me just quickly uh, shit something out really quickly for everybody out there. Talking about ZOA, talking about the movie, talking about Fortnite, the foundation. It was just, it was a lot of word salad without any real substance. And it, it, it is kind of unfortunate, Mike. I'm with you there. I was, I'm rarely disappointed by The Rock. And this time I was disappointed by The Rock.
1: And I, I will say, here's the deal. Always remember this. Vin Diesel, he showed up, Andy Cortez. Him and Michelle Rodriguez, they you're got up right. on stage. They showed up. The Rock, he's going to give you a cameo and just ramble. And that was very disappointing, Rock. So if you're hearing this, I hope you elevate your game, and I hope you do a little bit better the next time because I was not pleased with your performance. Now we time. know who
2: the problem, the real problem is in the Fast and mm-hmm. Furious franchise, Mike. Now we know. Now, Andy Cortez. Oh, oh let's... one sec. Before we move on, Mike, I wanted to quickly. Andy, that's quickly... not funny. Andy, that's too far. That's I just, mean, we know that's not Kevin. the issue. Hey, Kevin, uh, was, uh, the, the just guy think about James Wan, come on.
0: We all respect James Wan. Is that uh, who it is? I always bring... think of him and someone else.
2: Um, yeah, you're thinking of somebody else, I think.
0: <laughs> somebody else. Um, uh,
2: I wanted to it? quickly bring up The Last of Us remake because okay. a lot of people were immediately making fun of the comparisons and the visual comparisons mm. and how okay. the new one doesn't look that much better. And while they're wrong, it's Naughty Dog's fault that they're wrong, um, because as a lot of people have mentioned on Twitter, either devs or just people that work kind of in the tech space, like the digital foundry side of things. Um, all of The Last of Us's cutscenes were pre rendered, hmm. so they were always going to look 20 times better than actual gameplay would look. So when you saw a cutscene, it was going to have maximum ultra lighting with maximum ultra textures and it was going to look way better in terms of uh just an overall product then then you switch back to the gameplay it's like oh this doesn't look as good as the cutscene did because they were pre-rendered and if you're going to do a comparison you got to do it against gameplay (laughs) you can't you can't be showing off a a pre-rendered cutscene on a ps4 to a pre-rendered cutscene on a ps5 where the dis- the difference the visual difference over the internet on a YouTube feed is gonna look fairly minimal in some spots. It's obviously there's a lot of other shots that look way more impressive on PS5, but you gotta do it gameplay versus gameplay. You gotta show Ellie creeping next uh, in a bush next to a clicker, and we gotta see the lighting differences. There's a lot of other ways to showcase that, and I understand the spirit of it. And I understand wanting to remake the last of us trailer in the new, the new style and have that easy one for one. But uh, if you're going to show that you also got to show off the other comparison shots of like, here's the same uh, zone that they were walking in and here's how it looks now. I agree with
1: that. Andy. I definitely feel that I see that. I think a lot of people called that out as well. Let's end this one with Andy right now, after watching summer games fest, of course, checking out what we saw before with PlayStation state of play, how are you feeling heading into this Sunday with the Xbox and Bethesda game showcase? Are you more confident or less confident that they can deliver after what we just saw yesterday?
2: Oh, way more confident. Um, wow, okay. I, yeah. I think I like, if I'm going to put a number on it right now, I think Xbox will likely be like a four out of five. You know, I'm going to say a 4.348 out of five nice, on kind of nice, funny scale like that, because we will get Starfield footage. Um, we will get, based on what it's on the sort of teases we've been getting on twitter we will get a, a bigger look at avowed i believe avowed, yep. um, uh-huh. just based on kind of what they've been teasing and stuff like that so yeah i think the xbox showcase is going to be quite the banger um okay. i think it's going to show up uh show off some bigger titles that we've been waiting for and really excited for um i'm really excited to see what they bring to the table in addition to not only Maybe they bring other sort of third-party stuff. It isn't necessarily just Xbox or Bethesda.
1: I I like that, Andy Cortez. I actually am a little less confident now. I'm a little more worried now that Jeff Keighley could not uh, bring the heat with the third parties and more to his showcase. I worry about Xbox now. My concern is, oh, man, did we just see Jeff Keighley give us a precursor into what Xbox could show with more CG trailers? Game delays, right? We know that the two big ones, Redfall and Starfield, both were delayed out of this year. That gives me pause for concern that Jeff Keighley couldn't deliver. Is Xbox going to have the same fate? Of course, host of the XCast, I have a lot of high expectations. I do think they will deliver at the end of the day. But coming out of Thursday and into this morning, I was worried about Xbox. I said to myself, man, if he couldn't do it, Are they really going to be able to do it? Because in past years, we've been harsh on Xbox. We've talked about CG trailers. We've talked about games that are years out in the making, and they're not reality. They're not here. And then as we look at the Xbox landscape for the second half of the year, we know it's dry. There's nothing on the map right now. We only have assumptions, predictions, and third-party partnerships that are locked in for this year. No first-party bangers. And I'm worried about that, right? So I have a little less confidence than where I was yet 24 hours ago before Jeff Keighley's events.
2: I think, I, I think at the end of the day, we will still just get bigger marquee titles. Um, in, in addition to, um, I, I guess, compared to Jeff Keeley's showcase, where I think the bigger surprise there was that we had more impressive indie titles in other showcases. And I'm sure we'll get to that here in a second. But um, I guess I always just kind of expect the best of the best from these Keeley showcases. So being kind of, uh, you know, outdone by some of the smaller indie showcases was kind of surprising to me.
1: Let's finish this with story 1.5, the noticeable big miss. Of course, everybody was looking at Jeff Keeley, of course, looking at The Last of Us Part 1, thinking maybe we'll get God of War Ragnarok. And we have a story coming from... Bloomberg by Jason Schreier, who writes the highly anticipated PlayStation game God of War Ragnarok is planned for release this November, according to three people familiar with the game's development, despite reports this week that it had slipped to 2023. Publisher Sony Game or Sony Group Corp is expected to announce the release date later this month. Two of the people said. Andy, of course that would have been that one big banger that we all got up and excited for with the last of us being in september does this leave a good open window for that holiday gaming season that god of war ragnarok and sony will bring the heat
2: yeah i mean i think i think blessing was nailing with his predictions there is that it seems pretty obvious to me that we are going to get a sony state of play or another sony showcase Uh, At this point, if this game is looking like it's going to be November, I'd assume we'd get this showcase in around August or September. And we'll get a uh, maybe more of a deeper look at Last of Us gameplay comparisons. Or maybe it's just an all out God of War blowout. Here's sort of uh, the the comparison I'd make is, you know, we had that Horizon showcase last Mm -hmm. year Mm -hmm. where they showed off all or was that this year? (laughs) Uh, where where they showed off just snippets of gameplay and kind of things that they are improving on. And I expect that, yeah, we will get that version probably around August or September to show off. Here's all the improvements we're making to God of War. Uh, and guess what? It also looks really good on PS4, Pro, and whatever it is that they also want to talk about and market to us.
1: I agree with you, Andy. I, I think God of War Ragnarok is much larger than a... NBA Finals reveal commercial, right? It's much larger than a blog post. I do think this is a, later this month, if that's what Jason Schreier is saying, we will probably get the tweet or small blog post that says, hey, you get ready for the big PlayStation state of play, all dedicated to God of War Ragnarok. We'll give you the release date. We're going to deep dive into it, just like we saw with Horizon Forbidden West. I think the window is perfectly open for them, right? We talked about this year and the games that have been, the lack of games that have been as well. And now I think God of War has a perfect window to come in during that holiday season without Starfield right there. You're really just competing with Call of Duty. You're a totally different game, right? I think you have a huge moment here to take advantage of that. So I do expect God of War to probably hit that November window if that's what they're aiming for. I wouldn't be surprised if they slip to 2023. Feels like a coin toss right now, but if people familiar with the game's development that Jason Schreier is saying thinks that it's going to hit this year, I'm excited to see it. I can't wait to turn on my PlayStation
2: and play that for sure. When was the last time you turned on PlayStation, Mike?
1: Uh, to play Returnal Co-op with you, and oh. that has been it, but we've been having a ton of fun with Returnal Co-op, and we've been having fun here with Kind of Funny Games Daily for your Friday. We have so much more to talk about, but let's take a word from our sponsors.
0: Are people still trying to make plans with you this summer as if you aren't booked and busy already? You're just going to have to tell them to try again in the fall. You've got pool days, pride parades, bachelor parties, and beach vacations waiting for you because when you're living your best life, the last thing you want to worry about is butt sweat. I'm Greg Miller and my butt never sweats because I wear undies. You've heard it a million times. I like undies so much. My first pair, I bought a whole bunch more and threw away the rest of my underwear. They're the best. undies has the lightest, most breathable fabrics to keep you cool and comfortable wherever you go. From undies to bra To socks, to loungewear, to swimwear, you can find something for all your plans. MeUndies also releases new prints all the time, like their limited edition Pride collection. Find your ultimate summer comfort in sizes extra small to 4XL. MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off. For a limited time, if you sign up for their free-to-join MeUndies membership, you get 25% off your first membership item. To get 15% off your first order, 25% off your first membership item, and 100% satisfaction. satisfaction guaranteed go to meundies.com slash kind of funny that's meundies.com slash kind of funny no one likes waiting on a paycheck especially when you've got bills due good thing there's chime now you can get your paycheck up to two days earlier with direct deposit that's up to two more days to save pay bills and generally just feel good about your money situation but chime is about more than just getting paid early it's also an award-winning mobile app checking account debit card and optional savings account so what are you waiting for hopefully not your paycheck get started with chime today applying for a free account takes less than two minutes get started at chime.com slash kf games that's chime.com slash kf games banking services and debit card provided by the Bancor bank or stride bank na members fdic early access to direct deposit funds depends on your
1: welcome back everyone andy cortez we have three more showcases to get through but all these showcases much smaller in scale but one of them i think is the absolute banger of the summer and we'll talk about that in just a moment but let's focus in on good friend of the show tim schaefer and the double fine team along with i am 8-bit because they have celebrated 10 years of bringing developers and players together with day of the devs 2022 of course they showed off 14 indie titles and with a one hour watch time andy day of the devs is always a special one day of the devs will always be a showcase and an event that i will always hold near and dear to my heart i absolutely love what the message is all about of course the idea and what they do down in san francisco when we're not in covid times but 14 indie titles a lot of them are really wowing and some really cool ones did you watch the showcase and what stuck out to you
2: yeah i ended up watching it last night on stream there was a lot of Comments in our uh, on our YouTube comments, kind of asking like, why didn't they react to Day of the Devs? Like it had a, it was a better showcase. And uh, as soon as we ended with Keeley's showcase, we went into the games cast. And then the guys had to go fly to L.A. because they're there in L.A. right now to go do all the the summer Games Fest stuff. So that's why we didn't react to it. But I thought Day of the Devs was fantastic. Another awesome yeah. showcase of a lot of cool indie games, a lot of great indie titles. I had seen Janet. Uh, tweet about Skim, yep, which is this that. really dope sort of uh, you play a character who's jumping from shadow to shadow, adorable, awesome art style. That may have been the uh, one of the standouts for me. And that's um, it, it, on Day of the Devs. I thought um, Skim looked adorable. I thought Nyad, which is a sort of top down. you oh, person wow, okay. in the uh-huh. water swimming. Yes. I thought that art style looked fantastic. One mm-hmm. thing you can come to expect from a lot of these indie titles is they're going to uh, they're gonna have really interesting art styles and really neat mechanics. And um, we, another sort of game that I remember is Choo Choo Charlie.
1: Oh, I knew you were going to love that. The 1v1 terrifying. against the terrifying train. Are you going to do that, Andy? Are you going to 1v1 this Choo Choo Charlie?
2: I don't plan on it. I don't plan on it. Okay, uh, okay. Choo Choo Charlie is a Thomas the Tank Engine sort of horror game where you are fighting against a monstrous train. Um, and, yeah, it looks awful. It looks terrifying. This is not it. This is not the video, but... Yeah, this, um,
1: this is a different one we'll talk about if you're watching on stream. Right sorry now. about yeah, that. Choo- sorry about that. My bad. I, I it's fine. fine. Choo
2: Choo Charlie, you, uh, yeah, you are being hunted by a monstrous train in the forest and you have to shoot it away in hopes that it goes and looks for other prey and eventually you get to challenge it to a 1v1 which is just the funniest concept
1: i love that write-up open world horror game where you navigate an island where you must murder an evil train Charlie in an epic one V one fight. Really, really dope. Yeah. Of course you talked about skim as well. Skim is a game about jumping from shadow to shadow in a challenging and lively environment. This 3d platformer takes elements of light and animation and adds them directly to the gameplay, delivering an experience that you will only find in skim, which looked beautiful for me, Andy. Of course I highly, I highlighted time flies. Time flies is a game all about (laughs) our limited time on this world which is really, really cute and kind of a powerful message. I think that's the special stuff that I always I take like away as from as these well, indie games the is the art styles like you brought up, the different gameplay mechanics and how they can elevate that. But most importantly, the messages that people bring to this, right, Our limited time on this world I thought was really, really special. And so you play as a fly who tries to achieve accomplishments of their buck or achieve accomplishments off their bucket list within the world is a hand-drawn black and white game that will be coming to PlayStation, Nintendo Switch, and PCs sometime later this year. And I thought it was really cute and I liked the message behind that. My other one, you brought up some really good ones. My other one that I really enjoyed from Day of the Devs, of course, was Escape Academy. I think puzzle rooms and escape rooms are so much fun and I love doing them with friends and family. And I love the idea of being able to do it virtually, right? You and I getting together on a nice Friday evening, jumping into a couple puzzles, solving them, and having a good time. And then my 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 banger alert, Andy, a little to the left. A Little to the Left is a cozy puzzle game that has you sort, stack, and organize household items into pleasing arrangements while you keep an eye out for mischievous cats and the inclination <laughs> for chaos. This gave me a very pl- playful and fun kind of unpacking vibes here. And this is just one of those games where it's like, Man, every time Day of the Dev shows up, they always show me some indie games that I didn't think I needed, but then I need right away in my life.
2: Yeah, I think Cameron Kennedy said it perfectly in my Twitch chat last night, where we were watching Time Flies, and he said, I swear these devs come up with the titles first and then make the game based on the title. Uh, Yeah, they're always just endlessly creative, and it just shows that... Um, even if you are a single father uh, of one <laughs> or you're a team of three people, uh, they there is lots of creativity out there and there's people kind of doing the absolute most that they can with the, the smallest amounts of development time or development power, you know? Yeah, and this is one
1: that I will say again during our other showcase roundups, but if you are interested in any of these games, even if you just like the look of it, make sure to wish- list it on Steam, it really helps out those devs, gives some nice publicity and mm-hmm. energy over on that platform and ecosystem for them to just know that people want it, or also for Steam to help them out when it is time to release that game. So make sure to wish list the games that you want. Go check them out. Let's keep it moving to a fun one, Andy. Of course, we knew this was going to be a good time. We knew it was going to be wacky and zany. Story number three or part number three: Devolver Digital Direct 2022. Marketing countdown to marketing. 25 minutes. Continuing the zany satire and self-awareness showcase. Five titles from Devolver. All banging, all wowing right there. Of course, Cult of the Lamb finally got a release date of August 11th. That game just looks badass. That's an Andy Mm -hmm. game. Angry Foot, you brought up earlier. Angry Foot, if Kevin will bring up the trailer right now, is absolutely unbelievable. It is Hotline Miami, but first-person 3D art style. And Angry Foot is a lightning-fast FPS where the only... uh... Angerfoot, foot uh, is the only thing that harder than your ass kicking feet is your ass kicking beats. First person hotline Miami vibes. This was the one Andy where I saw that and I said, Holy smokes. I can't wait to play this.
2: It's as, it's as wild and as fun as it looks. Um, It is just, I, I don't know. When I think of devolver games, they can usually be very unhinged and this is as unhinged as a devolver title can be. Uh, there's no real rhyme or reason to anything happening or what the characters are, or what their motivations are. But you're just a dude uh, who's in search of getting his shoe back because his shoe has been taken hostage. Mm. And whenever you get killed by one of these dudes, this is what they do. For audio listeners, the bad guys are all wearing track suits. Some of them are lizards. They all look like sort of weird gangsters. And they just, they dance in front of the camera on your dead body. And it's very oh. disrespectful. Um, but it's awesome as hell, super fun, super chaotic, um, and it feels just really fun to play. It is one of those, as soon as the level starts, the timer's on the top left, so can you challenge yourself to try to get a better time and clear the room? You're throwing weapons uh, to daze people if, you're out of, if you happen to be out of ammo. Otherwise, you're just kicking down doors, you're kicking barrels uh, to explode larger groups of enemies. It's an absolute blast. Badass
1: looking. And the final two that are both bangers as well The Plucky Squire. Holy cow. Storybook characters discover a three-dimensional world outside the pages of their book and must jump between 2D and 3D realms to save their friends in this charming action adventure. I wrote, oh, snap, some hardcore Zelda vibes turned into a Pixar movie as the guy jumps off the page and comes to life. Andy, this is one of those that captures your attention and you go, wow, oh, wow, this is going to be a very good game right here.
2: Yeah, this is definitely, I think, the... The one that caught everybody off guard because we see the initial glimpses of it, and it's a 3D storybook in a 3D world. But obviously, you're watching your character run around in 2D, and it's adorable. The art style is fantastic. And then everybody on Twitter is like, No, but keep watching because it keeps on sort of surprising you, and it becomes a bit of a 3D platformer. And it's gonna, from what I can tell, it seems to be this game's version of a link between worlds where you are hopping into 2D. Uh, sort of situations where now you are on, uh, you're on this coffee cup and you're running around in 2D, and I guess you hop out of the coffee cup once you do what you need to do there, and you're back in 3D in this little space. This this game looks so shockingly good. Like I I could not believe how much more impressive with every passing second it became. Uh, this is the immediate wish list. Just <laughs> mm-hmm. immediately go to Steam and wish list this shit.
1: Wish list that, and then finally. One that yesterday, people were like, Mike, did you see Skate Story? Did you see Skate Story? And I said, you know what, Jabronis? I just need Skate 4. I don't want any other game. Just call me when Skate 4 is out. And oh boy, did I shove my foot in my mouth because I immediately watched this Devolver Digital Showcase and they ended with Skate Story and I've been wowed. Ollie, kickflip and grind your way through the ash and smoke of the underworld as you take on seemingly impossible quests Skate fast to destroy demons and save other tortured souls on your journey from a fragile beginner to a hardened skater. And I I don't even Dude. know how to just describe this. It looks like a kaleidoscope skater with all these colors. He's doing the manuals, the nollies. He's doing everything. It is exactly what I wanted, Andy.
2: I love how the trailer starts off uh, for audio Listen It says, you are a demon made of glass and pain. That's oh. the coolest shit of all time. Just what a weird concept. And you, yeah, you're skating through this world. You're freeing uh, spirits and souls. And it is a wild sort of trippy take on what a skating game can be. I think it's such a neat concept. Uh, I think in this day and age, if you are making a skate game, how are you going to differentiate yourselves from the other titles? How are you going to be a title that doesn't compare itself to, you know, I'm trying to think of, like, not only just Skate 3, but other, there was a very disappointing skating. Oh, you have
1: Skater XL. You have, yeah, uh, there's yeah, a couple,
2: like, uh, pretty a disappointing tiles that have come out that try to kind of get those vibes of of just sort of freestyle skating around a an environment. But this game looks to sort of turn that genre on its head and go for something really unique and cool. Yeah, Shouts to the Chat
1: Session as well was another one. And you're so right, Andy, of, like, How do you make yourself unique? How do you stand out? Because when we do see these games, we compare you to the big dog, which is skate, right? And that's a tough mountain to try to climb and overcome just to be relevant in the space. And we saw Skater XL and Sessions really not live up to that. Skate story, you win with the look, you win with the music. It's going to come down to the gameplay, as we've talked about with Riders Republic, and of course with Shredders of the gameplay has to feel tight, it has to feel right. And if they can nail the gameplay, This could be a banger that you must know about. So please keep your eye on that one. But Devolver Digital, once again, showcasing, I mean, they just seem to have fun, Andy. 25 minutes of fun. It was really a good time. It was wacky. It was weird. And I got to give them a four out of five on that one. I was very pleased
2: with what they did on that one. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more.
1: Let's round out our show and let's round out our rundown with this uh, showcase. Number four, OTK Games Expo, and Andy, I wrote down next to this, hands down the best one of the summer show so far. I was really wowed by this. 40 games, it was four and a half hours long, but the presentation quality was top-notch. It was very impressive, and they had a lot of games to stop, take your breath away, and talk about, and so I got to give them a big shout-out. I was surprised. A lot of people came into our chat and said, hey, do you guys know about the OTK Games Expo. And I was like, I don't really know who they are. And it is a bunch of top streamers and content creatives. You've seen them before. Ms. Kiff, uh, Asmongold. Of course, you've seen Soda popping and, that's fruit, and all that whole crew. Right. And so they brought it. They absolutely brought it. And I know the four and a half hours seems long, but to me, this presentation had the games to back it up, had incredible quality of content. And what it was was it felt more like a hey, I'm out of school or I'm out of work on a summer afternoon and I'm just going to turn this on. I might do the dishes. I might play games in the background. But every time a game comes up, you're going to turn and you're going to look at them because each one was truly and honestly very, very good. And it felt like, man, some of these games should be at Jeff Keighley's. Some of these games should be at Xbox's showcase. And I was really blown away that OTK, they got the games and they brought the games. And it was one of those of like, And they're just a bunch of streamers and content creators, but they absolutely brought it. And Andy, I got to highlight two important games here that were Andy ass, Andy games that I need you to know about. The first one is called Arto fight through unique biomes against challenging enemies and bosses. As you piece together the mysteries of a broken world. Andy, when we think of these kind of top down hack and slash punishing games, I think of you and this game screams
2: you big dog. Wow, this kind of reminds you just like a three D version of uh oh gosh, what's the game that Janet swears by uh, the two D your little puppy drawn shit. chad will know exactly. Mm. Um yeah, this looks really, really uh this looks adorable. I love the sort of yes. splashes of color Chickory. and also Chicory nailed it. Uh thank you, Barrett. And I love the sort of pop ins of different UI and different Art styles completely, it's not just always the same thing. It's bringing in weird sort of, it's almost like six different art directors worked on this game and came up with different ways to kind of make it unique. This looks cool as hell, but the next one. Yeah, the next one, one that I know you're going to
1: like this one. These were the two games that I wrote down specifically for Andy. The next one is called Crow Sworn, Explore a dark world inhabited by man and monsters in this action-packed platformer. Lay waste to monsters that stand in your way with a wide array of stylish (laughs) combat maneuvers as you attempt to unravel the truth behind the curse. Now, Andy, this game is something that you got to put on your list right away. I know a lot of people, if they identify with games that you like, they're going to love and be wowed by this. The art style of the cinematic is, like, giving me major... Castlevania Netflix vibes, but then once you get into the gameplay, super wowed
2: by all of this. It, it it is Hollow Knight. This is the the this studio was basically like, hey, well, it's clear that you know Silk Song's never going to come out, so what if we just make Hollow Knight? And you are a plague doctor with a scythe. And uh, I am kind of shocked by how like similar it is to Hollow Knight. Looking like it just looks like. In the way that when Shovel Knight came out and then they came out with Plague Knight and the King Knight DLCs, it looks like, hey, this looks like Hollow Knight as a different character now. This just looks like, uh, or this looks like Shovel Knight with a different character. This looks like just a Hollow Knight game made by the same devs, but you are (laughs) a Plague Doctor fighting challenging bosses and going through a challenging Metroidvania type world. Looks awesome as all hell. A scythe is always cool, and you have a gun. It looks fast. It looks sleek. It looks very stylish.
1: Yeah, this is super rad. So please keep your eyes on that one. That's called Crow Sworn. And it's just one of those. I was really impressed by what this group was able to put on. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But I do want to highlight that they showed action, RPG. They showed party games. They had all these different categories. And they showed a bunch of awesome games. And, you know, I'm the big party game guy. I love all of us coming together and playing some games. For all of you out there that are watching and listening, please go look up. Fueled Up and game Madness, Rocket Bot Royale as well. All of these games really wowed me and were like, oh, me and the Kind of Funny crew are definitely going to play these. But when I talk about how wowed I was, that's what I want to kind of pose the question of, Andy, was are you impressed? Are you wowed? Are you kind of like, oh, man, I can't believe that, Mike, that this group of content creators was able to put on such a banger of a show?
2: Um, I'm surprised that they were able to get titles like that because some of these titles do look really impressive in the way that they would have wanted to be on a different sort of stage. But at the end of the day, you know, Keely's going to get a lot of viewers and OTK has a massive following. I do think that four and a half hours is ridiculously long. And I do think having, I think watching that showcase. You are mainly watching it for the content creators because you may not necessarily know all of the in-jokes. And, uh, of course, they're going to do what we did with the Kind of Funny Game Showcase where, yeah, yeah, we're going to make jokes about Nick and people who don't know who Kind of Funny are going to be like, what the fuck is Nick? What's going on here? But uh, at the end of the day, I do think that some of these games I would have loved to have seen on different showcases in order to, to strengthen maybe Summer Games Fest or... Or even, you know, I think back to last year when we first saw Loot River, or we saw that one Bloodborne game that you told me about, the top-down sort of uh, pixel art Bloodborne-looking game. Uh, Those are smaller indie tiles that I expect to see on different uh, stages, and when everybody kept telling us about this OTK showcase, I didn't know what it was going to be. I saw them reveal this stage just because I... I have very loosely follow a lot of these content creators, so I thought they were doing something eSports related. I wasn't really sure what the hell was happening because uh, I just don't follow them closely enough. But I think it's pretty damn impressive that they were, they were able to put this thing together and it look and feel as professional as it did. Um, but granted, they've got the money, they've got the production, <laughs> they can correct, kind of correct. pay for whatever. And they had that stage and it looked really damn good.
1: Yeah, that's the one thing that I really took away with is wow, these big-time content creators can do their own Xbox or their own Summer Games Showcase. And we've seen it with Kind of Funny before many others, right? And it just worries me, especially with Jeff Keighley, when we are taking the big takeaways of Jeff Keighley's Summer Games Showcase, right? You look at that event and you say, man, like, we had the games but not the best content. This group just ate up 40 games that a number of them should have probably been at Jeff's as filler and some wow factor moments. And it is impressing me to enough to go, man, we could have some competition next summer, right? What if they do this again? What if somebody else wants to jump in and try their hand at it? They start to pick apart the games and it's going to be kind of a do or die situation with who can get these games, who can get the extra ones to really bolster their showcase. And I think we saw with Jeff's, he didn't have the games. Some of these could have been used over there to at least help out a little bit more. So I really look forward to seeing what we're going to see here next summer. But Andy, enough of all that. We've had so much fun, and next summer is just so far away. But if I wanted to know what was coming to the Mom and Grop shops here right now, where would I look?
2: The official list of upcoming software are across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday.
0: Yeah.
1: Nice job, man. You know what? I felt like Nick on that one where I got to harmonize with Andy. I might not be good, but I got to do it this time. Out today, everyone. Ampersand on Switch. Armageddon Onslaught on PC. Mario Strikers Battle League on Switch. Metal Max Zeno Reborn PS4 Switch and PC. Mysteries Under Lake Ophelia on Switch. One last memory reimagined on PS4 and PC. The Quarry on PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC. The Wizard and the Slug on PS5, PS4, and Switch. Please fix the road on PC. This is a game alert right here. I need everybody to go oh, look up hey, these everybody. fix the road. This puzzle game caught my eye as I was doing all the research for, of course, today's show. This one said, "Oh snap! Wait a minute." we might need to know about this so if you would like to check that out you can go look that up right now uh that's called please fix the road your daily deals i got them from warrior 64 and he's got a couple of them and i pulled this one specifically for andy cortez you can pre-order the bloodborne vinyl soundtrack now at best buy andy i know you love those oh, soulborn wow. games so maybe you get a little record spinning and have some fun Ooh, best buy is also running a 3-day sale capcom $20 summer bundle from Humble Bundle Games right now has 11 titles that you can go jump into. And that is our show, Andy Cortez. Of course, you all can keep us honest. You can keep us on the level by going over to slash you are wrong to let me know if we screw up anytime throughout this show. And Andy, as I get that thing set up right now, I need you to do me one favor. Tell everybody one final thing for the show as I bring up your wrong.
2: I'm excited to stream after this and play some Mario Strikers Battle League with you, Nick, and Barrett. Oh, um, Yeah, I'm very yeah. stoked about that. No, Corey, you, you don't want to play the quarry, Andy? It's pretty cool. I heard it's disappointing. Don't, you know, it just seems like know, a waste of time. You know? I liked it. I like talking to this lady who's like, why haven't you found any of my cards? And I'm like, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm looking for these cards and I can't find any Lady, I don't know <laughs> who you are.
1: <laughs> uh Jumping into you're wrong, we have one from Mick, the biologist, that says, The Last of Us Part 1 is a remake, not a remaster. Revamp, remaster, remake, whatever. It's content you've already played. It's coming your way, so go check it out. (laughs) Frankfurter, Greg, you said Last of Us Remasters Remake. No, these are all old right there, so I guess Greg was wrong. Andy Cortez. Yeah, this
2: was yesterday. You know what? Uh, Guess
1: what? We did it, big dog. Perfect show. Doesn't matter. Perfect show. And guess what? Next week's hosts are the following. Monday, Blessing Tim. Tuesday, Blessing Witta. Wednesday, Blessing Janet. Thursday, Greg and Gus Frustick. Mispronouncing your name if I am. Russ Frustick? No, yes. it said, go- oh, was it? I it, saw it, a G on, on that calendar, one. On okay, calendar, it's uh, Russ,
2: yeah. Oh, okay, Hell thank you. Yeah. Friday, Russ from the Greg Besties, is- from Polygon. Oh, no
1: way! Okay, well, yeah. Friday, Greg and Bless, and of course, if you were watching this live on Twitch after the show, we are going to be playing... Mario Strikers Battle League. Of course, if you can't watch that, you can go catch it over on youtube.com slash kind of funny plays where you can hit that subscribe button and catch all of our VOD content. But this has been kind of funny games daily each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you so the nerdy news. You need to know about, we have a Patreon post show that those that are sub- sub- subbed at the silver lever or above on Patreon can go check out. But with that, stick around and have some fun play Some games this weekend and enjoy the Xbox and Bethesda game showcase. That's Andy Cortez. I'm Snowbike Mike, Barrett, and A- Kevin on the ones and twos. Goodbye, everybody.